Chapter 50 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jason in Panama. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 50 the leading bloody conspirators at loggerheads quickly the deacon moved toward the door and said i will go please put that pistol away the physician-in-chief stepped forward toward miss armington and exclaimed you certainly would not fire so imprudently wouldn't i then she interrupted him and instantly pointed the pistol at his face when he dodged and the party of conspirators left precipitately and bolted the doors behind then repaired to the medical office where the deacon asked the physician-in-chief to examine and dress his arm afterwards they argued as follows what will we do with this woman she has that loaded revolver and no one is safe to go to her cell whilst she has it said one of the managers ah responded the deacon you do not think it so funny to have a loaded pistol pointed at your heads but when i related my perilous adventure with this desperate girl you thought it an excellent joke i cannot see what has come over her when she lived home with her father she was a perfect lady quiet chaste modest kind and very polite but now see what she is you need not wonder at the change for she has the general's blood in her that never knew fear or favor in time of war and our treatment toward the poor girl is desperate war ejaculated the physician-in-chief how many loads does that revolver hold six replied the deacon but i only had five loaded let me see how many shots have been fired since she took it from you asked one of the men she fired three downstairs one at the deacon and the deacon one at her that makes the five said the physician-in-chief surely if you are certain that she fired three times downstairs the pistol must now be empty therefore her threats were barren but she as little knew that as we did responded the deacon i am glad that i am safely away from where she is and i do not know that i will ever risk my life in her presence again unless i first chain her securely oh brother stew you would certainly not be so cruel as to do that angrily interposed the sympathetic manager wouldn't i then continued the deacon well i am not so sure but that i should be tempted to do anything to revenge myself on her for the humiliation to which she has subjected me she is a perfect devil i never could have believed that the female lived who dared do as she did i am astonished angered and pleased with her heroism ye gods what would not such a woman be worth as a wife if i only could by some means gain her affections dear brother never dream of gaining that lady's affections because such stock as she would never forget the injury you have done her moreover she is fired to redoubled energy by the love she bears that dr juno she is your lifelong foe and would send you to glory rather than be happy with you 
or even see you happy ejaculated the physician-in-chief i don't believe all you say because if she had desired my death she could have taken my life after she had me bound and gagged said the pious deacon stew she had other fish to fry to escape was her ambition and not to kill you moreover she believes that your conscience will prevent you from being happy and she may have thought far enough to have doubted if she could escape and she wants you to live she said to see you suffer by the vengeance that her lover will visit upon you said the physician-in-chief bah responded the deacon the vengeance that her lover the heretic juno will visit upon me i do not fear far distant is the day when he will have that satisfactory opportunity to wreak vengeance on me do not be too sure of that dear brother responded the sympathetic manager for dr juno is making rapid strides toward gaining immense popularity what are you one of his sympathizers do you doubt our success in finally overcoming this innovator and how dare you connive with him ejaculated the deacon oh my brave deacon who skulks from a little woman you should not be quite so pompous and self-conceited you do not now have me in tabernacle hall where you are monarch of all you survey but even there some of these days you will get yourself taken down mark my words said the sympathetic manager who was in love with miss armington may the curse of the almighty strike you deaf and dumb for this succession you are a very dangerous man to be trusted with the secrets of our sacredly secret conclave and i will see that your case will receive early attention remember harry gossamer the apostate furiously interposed deacon stew gentlemen or brothers this is neither the time nor place to discuss and quarrel over matters that are part and parcel of our conclave and holy cause therefore i charge you be silent and do not fight amongst yourselves or surely the downfall of our house is not far in the distant responded the physician-in-chief it is my duty to chastise any renegade brother who has taken our solemn oath and is familiar with all the inner workings of our cause and this sympathizer of the juno crowd must be summarily handled or surely the sainthood will suffer through his apostasy exclaimed the deacon better be moderate brother stew said the physician-in-chief which aggravated the domineering deacon when he said well i shall require an explanation at our next meeting at tabernacle hall concerning the peculiar conduct of both of you and as for miss armington i will pay her another visit before long and show her my power there is something going on that i cannot comprehend said the deacon i should not wonder but you could not comprehend the browbeating and personal chastisement that the little lady upstairs gave you you want something similar some of these days by the brethren to show you your proper place you cowardly tyrant ejaculated the sympathetic manager the deacon was fairly foaming at his mouth with rage but what could he do with his lame arm except grin and bear the insults that he received in this asylum it will be remembered that at the following meeting as already described the deacon and reverend joe pyer got a solid beating which was partly caused by the sympathetic manager and which nearly cost the pious deacon's life for his temerity 
these brethren parted with rather conflicting sentiments and bitter feelings toward each other a thing that must have pleased the guardian angels of dr juno and company End of chapter 50